Welcome to Windsor Christian Fellowship Church Podcast. Our church vision is to win generations to Christ, connect them to His master plan, empower them to succeed, and grow the kingdom of God. For other podcast resources or more information about Windsor Christian Fellowship, please visit us at www.wcf.ca. Are you all ready for the Word of God? Okay. Open your Bibles, if you will. We'll use the New Living, Hebrews chapter 10, verse number 32. Kathy and I are introducing a series. I would imagine we got it uh, scheduled for the next four to five weeks, but the way we went this morning will probably be 12, just on this one. Okay. And uh, there's so many things we want to share around this here area. But I want to just open up with this here aspect because this is so important. Faith, it, it, it's not a concept of faith. It's not the church, that we're, the building that you're going in today. It's not the charismatic uh, denomination or group that we're with. It's not an experience. It's not a movement. It's not a cause. Our faith is in the person of Jesus Christ. Can you say amen? Our confidence and assurance that what he said he meant. So faith is always in a person. Hebrews, uh, excuse me, it tells us in Mark 11, verse 22, have faith in God. So it tells us where our faith needs to be in, not in Rick, not in Kathy, not in a building, not in a church, not in a group, but it's in the person of God. We also understand that we resist the enemy by faith. We understand that faith is what gives us the springboard for the assurance of our prayers to be answered. We understand that we overcome the world with all of its sway and all of its pull by faith. We also understand that we receive forgiveness of sins by faith, and we are made righteous by faith. The Bible said to him that receives the gift of righteousness, that's by faith. We understand that we have freedom from spiritual death by sin, and we purify our hearts by faith. We have access to the very throne of grace today by faith, and we have a peace with God through faith. We are adopted as God's children through faith, and we have an inheritance by faith, but we also, uh, listen, we live an overcoming, victorious, and a successful life in this here world through faith. So apparently, according to what God's Word says, faith is a pretty important subject. Amen. My opening text over here is in the book of Hebrews chapter 10, 32. It says, think back on those early days when you first learned about Christ. Remember how you remained faithful, and even though it meant terrible suffering, sometimes you were exposed to public ridicule and were beaten, and sometimes you helped others who were suffering the same things. You suffered along with those who were thrown into jail, and when all you owned was taken from you, you accepted it with joy. You knew there were better things waiting for you that will last forever. How many remember when you first got born again, the whole world just rejoiced that you were saved, that you were the this new creation, that God took you out of the kingdom of darkness, brought you into light, and your family members said, what kind of culture are you involved in? People at work said, what the heck happened? Come on. Okay. Oh, they're there. They're, all they want is your money. Come on. And all the other things that you went involved with. And I remember 40 years ago being thrown out of a home. And I remember my son was with me and, and the wife and just, just thrown out, literally, during the wintertime, through the coach into the snow, the whole thing. And I remember praying for the people that did it. I received a text this week, excuse me, last week because it was Easter. And I says, uh, I just want you guys to have just a great good Friday. And I've always, for 40 years, just kept in touch and always just greeted them in, in some way. I got a text back. And the text back says, Richard, I want you to know I, I was in church the first time in 40 years. And I think there's still hope. <laughs> it might not mean much to you that are in here today, but to me, it doesn't matter how long it takes. God is still faithful to perform his word when you pray for loved ones. Amen? That gave me hope and it gave me an encouragement out there. But I want you to jump down, if you will, to verse number 37. The scripture says, for in just a little while, the coming one will come and not delay. How many know as far as God's concerned, a day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years is one day to the Lord? So as far as God's concerned, in light of eternity, how many has only been gone a weekend? Okay. So anyway, so just as you interpret, so you understand. And then he says, and my righteous ones. Everybody look at your neighbor and say, that's us. Oh, and my righteous ones will live by what ingredient? By faith. But he says, but I will take no pleasure 
and anyone who turns away. Turns away from what? From faith. Because when you got on the journey, you started this life off in faith. You believed you received the forgiveness of God through faith. You hold up the shield of God and you quench not some, but all the fiery darts of the wicked one by faith. And you're going to see the answers to your prayers by faith. You're going to see the enemy's pull over your life broken and the sway of heaven take place by faith. You're going to call the things that be not as those old things already are, as Abraham did what? Because he's the father, the DNA of your faith. And God, faith isn't the concept. Faith lives and dwells on the inside. One of the fruits of the Spirit is faith. But your faith can be weak or your faith can be strong. Your faith can be minute. Your faith can be huge. Which one is yours is your choice of what you're going to do with it. Because as you feed your faith, you will starve your doubts. Go ahead. You know, what is faith? You know, we're going to talk about faith and foolishness and presumption today because there is a very fine line between faith and foolishness. And, you know, how do you know you're in faith? How do you know you're not in foolishness? How do you know when to step out? And, and how do you know you're hearing from God? And, and so these are things we need to understand because, um, you know, it's so easy. I've seen many people, they, they think they heard from God about something and they stepped out and it wasn't God and then they made a fool of themselves, right? And didn't get the results that they wanted. And so we need to understand how faith works, what faith is, how do we know we're in faith, uh, how, do, how do we figure that out. And so I'm going to read out of Hebrews 1, or 11, verse 1, and it says, Now faith is. It's something present. It's something not in the future. It's something that we can have and operate now. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. In other words, it brings about the reality of what it is we are hoping for. So it is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence or proof of things that are not seen. Now I want to focus in for a minute on the things hoped for. Because what do we hope for? What is it that we are believing for? What is it that we want? That is crucial to whether we're in faith, foolishness, or presumption. Because the motives of your heart and why you're believing or what you are believing for is, is really determined by what is in your heart. What, what is it that you're believing for matters. Because you can just believe for anything. You know, you can just get your faith out there and, and, and be out in left field, you know, hoping for something that just is not going to happen because you're not supposed to even be hoping for that. I'll give you an example. Like, people, we all can be deceived very, very easily. And we all believe lies at times about ourselves and even about others. And so what happens is... Um, there's a, there's a movement, and I think we talked about this a few weeks ago, about uh, right now in, in a lot of the schools, there's kids that believe they are animals. Okay? Literally. I, I know it's funny, but they do. They come to school with tails and ears and collars, and they, you know, meow and bark and act like animals when they're at school, walk around on all fours and all of that. And this has actually happened, happening in schools here in Windsor. And, um, and it's okay for them to believe that because the school system is allowing them to believe that. And um, because if you believe you're something, then it's okay. That's what they teach. And so they're, obviously we know they're being deceived. Now they do teach in the school that we are animals. Right? They teach that. In, Where'd in you come from? We are animals. And so, you know, if kids start to believe they're animals, and obviously now they're starting to act like animals, some of them. Um, but anyway... But we can all be deceived. We can all have mindsets and beliefs about ourselves that aren't true. And then when we believe those things, then what we're going to do is we're going to put our hope in, in things or believe for things that are not true. And we can actually use faith in the opposite, uh, the opposite way of the way we're supposed to, to bring bad things in our life. So if you believe, for example, that you're no good or that you're a failure or that you're a reject, then how many know that's what you're going to reap? Because that's your belief system. And so you're going to see things through that, through that filter. Or if you believe that you're um, not smart or not talented or not gifted or, or you believe, you know, that uh, God doesn't love you, you know, there's all kinds of beliefs that people have. And then they, they actually, without realizing it, are, are putting their faith to that because they speak it out, they think about it, you know, they expect it. And so, therefore, they bring bad things in their lives. Now, what God says, though is if you have to hope for something, you want to make sure that what you're hoping for, if faith gives substance to what you're hoping for, you need to know what are you Confidence. hoping for? What is it you are looking for? And you want to make right. sure that what you're looking for is something that lines up with what God will do. 
this word. Now, um, that's his word. So I'm going to read this scripture out of Psalm 37, 4 to 7. It says, take delight in the Lord, and he will give you the, the desires, desires of, of your, your heart. heart. Right. So in other words, as you delight in God, what does it mean to delight in God? It means to love God, to seek God, to desire God, to, to enjoy God, to get your satisfaction, your needs met, to, to let God be your strength, your refuge, your hope. When, when, you, when you do that with God, in other words, God is where you expect to be fulfilled. God is where you get your validation. God is where you grow right. and, and learn about him and, and you trust in his word. So it says if you take delight in the Lord, then he'll give you the desires of your heart because what you will hope for, for will be in alignment with him. With and then word. verse 5, it That's says, right. commit everything you do to the Lord. Commit everything you do, not some of the things you do, but everything. What does it do to commit? What does it mean to commit? It means to trust him. And he mm -hmm. will help you. He will make your innocence radiate like the dawn, and the justice of your cause will shine like the noonday sun. That sounds pretty cool, right? It, it, that means you're just going to see the glory That's of right. God. That's it's right. just going to ooze from you. Be still in the presence of the Lord and wait patiently for him to act. That's a big one. Wait patiently. That's right. You know, we don't like that part. But we need to wait right. patiently for him to act. Don't worry about evil people who prosper or fret about their wicked schemes. In other words, get your eyes off other people. Get your That's eyes right. off of That's what right. God is doing in their lives and mm -hmm. focus on what he's doing in you. Because when you get your eyes on other people, your faith will get shipwrecked. Because sometimes it'll look like, oh, you know, they're getting blessed and I'm not. Or God's doing this for them and he's not doing that for me. And now we begin to judge God based on what we think he's doing or not doing, rather mm -hmm. than pleasing him, knowing him, and loving him. And mm -hmm. so it's crucial that we understand what is it we are believing for has to be in alignment with the will of God. Has to be in alignment with what God would do. And not just have some random far out thing that has nothing to do with with what God would do. And we're going to see a skit right now on that point. We're going to bring it up. Do you have faith? Of course I do. Prove it. Well, faith is something one cannot prove. So you're saying we're just wasting our time here then? I suppose so. You do understand that your claim to have faith is what's on trial today? Yes, and I'm innocent until proving guilty. Proving guilty of what? Of not having faith. That's why we're here, right? Somebody has falsely accused me. So you are confident that you have faith? Yes. Can you define it for us? Faith? Yes, faith. You do know what that is? Sure I do. Good, go on. With the definition? Yes! Well, <clears throat> faith is... Well, faith is... You have no idea what faith is, yet you expect us to believe you have it. Well, it's something you wouldn't understand anyway. Why don't you try to enlighten us then? Faith is a concept, it's a notion or idea that someone believes is true. Are you sure that's what it is? Yes. A concept? Yes. Are you making this up? No. I think you're guessing. I am Liar! Not. I am not a liar. Ask anyone. And that's what everyone says it is. Everyone? Yes, anyone and everyone. Right, so you've done your research then. Yes. And you stand by this definition. Yes. So tell me, have you ever examined your life to verify you have the kind of faith you just described to us? That's ridiculous. Is it? Yeah, your whole line of questioning is ridiculous. Foolishness. Do you know what that means? I'm sure you're going to tell me. It's believing something without good reason or acting without understanding. Ma'am, you're not a person of faith, but rather a woman of presumption. Not true. You have not provided the court with one lick of evidence to prove your self-proclaimed faith. I don't have to prove anything to anyone. In fact, you have done no research on what faith really is, and you have the audacity to sit here in front of a jury of your peers and claim to have it. I do have faith. I do, I do, I do! Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, I submit to you that any presumption of faith is merely foolishness. Are you calling me a fool? I rest my case. Your Honor. Step down, please. But Your Honor, I... Order in the court. You have been waived. You have been measured, and you have been found wanting. Step down. Anything further? Yes, Your Honor. The court would like to call on Jack Ripton III. So tell me, do you have faith? Well, sure I do. Prove it. Well, 
I was given a certain measure of faith years ago, and soon after I realized it was my responsibility to grow that faith. You see, faith isn't a concept or once-in-a-lifetime experience. It's a lifestyle. You see, I purpose every day to exercise my faith by speaking the word of God and acting it out. You know, you can't just tap into faith when you're in trouble. Faith is like, well, faith is like a muscle, and muscles need to be worked out to grow. You know, you can't just go to the gym on Easter and Christmas and expect to see results for the full year. Look, I like going to the gym just as much as the next guy, but I realize I can't live this life on my own strength, no matter how buff I might get. No, you see, it's the power of his word revealed through the spirit that I act on, and that grows my faith and gets results. No further questions, Your Honor. Yeah. Well done, my good and faithful servant. Thanks, Your Honor, bruh. Court is adjourned. Foolishness, presumption, what do those words mean over there? Foolishness means exhibiting folly, deficient in understanding. When we cover in the weeks to come, my people, not the enemies, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Literally, it means deficient in knowledge and missing pieces of information. So it speaks of deficient in understanding. Without judgment or discretion. It's another translation said silly, unwise, stupid, idiot, senseless, ill-advised, brainless, witless, irrational, weakness of mind, absurdity. As a matter of fact, it says resulting from are showing a lack of sense. Has anybody ever shown a lack of good sense at times? Come on, right, right. Okay, let's start with the front row testimonies, all right? Ill-considered, unwise, lacking forethought, or lacking thought. That's what foolishness means over there. And the scripture says, Proverbs 9, 6, forsake foolishness and live and go in the way of understanding. Proverbs 15, 14, the heart of him who has understanding seeks knowledge, but the mouth of fools feeds on foolishness. So we understand with that basic, and one more, Proverbs 19.3, and this one is so huge. Listen to it. People ruin. What does it mean to ruin? They destroy their lives, their downfall, the destruction of anything, the loss of health, the loss of means, the loss of a position, the loss of hope, or the like. So people ruin their lives by their own foolishness and then they are angry at the Lord. People make some wrong choices, bad decisions. They, they think it's faith, but it's not faith. It's total foolishness. Uh, let me just say, I've seen people, rightfully so, and I agree with any employer, all they do on their job is talk and witness to everybody that's there that comes in. Okay? And that's not their job is to talk and witness when they're on the job. Your light is a shining out there. And then they get fired, and then they get mad at God that they got fired. I was just suffering for Jesus. I was just, no, you weren't. You were suffering because you were foolish. Your job hires you to do a job, to do your work, and that's your first and foremost priority at work is to do your job and do it well, do it with excellency. On your breaks, you'll have more than enough time. Or after work, you have more than enough time to go to Starbucks or go to Tim Hortons and enjoy a coffee with them. Come on. But if you just take up all the time of the others and you're pulling away and your boss sees that and you get fired, you can blame it for suffering for Jesus. But really, sir, really, man, you're a fool. So get mad at me. That's okay. I can handle that too. All right. Number two, presumption. What does that mean? Samson went out to battle as he did all the other time and presumed that God would be with him. And guess what? He found out that God had departed from him. 
Presumption means to take or to suppose as something to be true. It's amazing how the scripture says a fool listens to one side. And you don't even hear the other side. And, and they take what the one side said and never even go to find out what the other side is. And so many today in the Christian church take gossip, take belittling and tearing down, ask fact, and don't even go to the person and ask the other what they, what they were saying, what was going on. Good preaching. Thanks for the shouts. So presumption means to take or supposed to be true. Are entitled to believe. You know, we had we had one of the illustrations we used many years ago over at the church was we used to use uh, put ketchup and they'd show the kids the ketchup bottle and put it inside the heart, okay? And then they'd show and they said about the Passover lamb how they would sacrifice it. So they gave the kids the illustration and how the lamb was sacrificed. Never did it. Never brought a lamb. Never did anything. Just showed the kid the ketchup bottle. Come on, children, going into the basin. Next thing I know, they have live animal sacrifices at WCF. Come on. I mean, the best one that ever happened is I did a message over here, naked before the Lord. What does it mean? We're empty outside of God. And by the time it got out to the city out there, you know what we heard back? They have new, ta- uh, new dancing at WCF on Wednesday nights. Well, it was the best thing that could have happened for this city because they all started coming out. So, some of you say, amen. I mean, you get that out to the world, that is good advertising. So Anna, we just learned over there so people presume. <laughs> so that <laughs> to take are supposed to be true, our entitles to belief without examination or proof or on the strength of probability to take for granted, assume. It also means assuming their reasoning or supposing, assume as true the absence of proof and speaking even taking it for granted out there. And amazing how many scriptures it speaks about. Second Peter chapter 2, 9 says, Then the Lord knows how to deliver the godly out of temptation and to reserve the unjust under punishment for the day of judgment, and especially those who walk according to the flesh in the lust of uncleanness, and they despise authority. And then the writer goes on and says, They are, who are they? They are presumptuous, self-willed, They are not afraid to speak evil against dignitaries, whereas angels who are greater in power and might do not bring reviling accusations against them. So what was the characteristics about them? They're presumptuous and they are self-willed. Those two pair it together. What Kathy is sharing today, Jesus shared, he said, not my will, but your will be done. How many want the will of God to be done today? So you want the will of God to be done, he's going to rock you out of your comfort zone at times. He's going to pull some things off of your life that's for your health. If the Bible says, get us, lay aside every hindrance and every weight, distract us. Why? So that we can run the race with patience out there. So we're talking about foolishness and we're talking about presumption. You know, let me just state this here. There's people that are believing for breakthrough in their finances. They believe they tithe, they give, and they do all the right things. And yet the Bible tells you very clearly It says the drunkard and the glutton are in the same category. And it said the glutton and the drunkard ends up in poverty. We don't want to talk about that. Come on now. And, And so basically here you see people and they're struggling constantly, but they don't want to deal with the root issue. And they presume that God's for them. They presume that everything's going to be all right. They presume because they're a Christian, this should be working. They presume all that there, and yet there's a law that they just totally ignore, they totally defy, and then they expect God's blessing, and it doesn't happen. Because how many know those two drunkenness, and how many know, and gluttony, the Bible calls them sins. He puts them in the same category. It's easy to point our finger at the drunkard. But we don't want to say it because that's a Christian sacred cow. So we release a law of poverty. And then then it also says this here. People, we cannot play the cafeteria type Christianity in the church and pick and choose what it is that we want to pick and choose. Right or wrong? The drunkard and the glutton will come to poverty. In other words, you're releasing a spiritual law into your life that's going to steal from you, that's going to destroy from you, that's going to kill your life. 
It's going to take from your finances. And you can believe all you want that God's going to prosper you, God's going to bless you. But there's laws that are already there. When you defile those laws, you are opening yourself up. And so this is where many Christians get angry and disillusioned at God. So it says over there, listen to this here. My child, listen and be wise. Everybody say, listen and be wise. Keep your heart on the right course. Do not carouse with drunkards or feast with gluttons, for they are on their way to poverty, and too much sleep clothes them in rags. There's Christians that are just sitting around today, okay? Well, I believe God's going to bring the wife to my dreams, to my house. Are they, wait, are they just waiting out there for God to bring a job? Are they just waiting out there? And God said, no, 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 no. Elisha was serving Elijah when the call of God came on his life. David was out there taking care of the sheep when the call of God came on his life. They were all already corresponding actions to their faith. And if you're just sitting around and waiting for heaven just to bring it out your way, you're just a dreamer. You're in presumption. You're in foolishness. But faith calls the things that be not as though they are. Faith has corresponding actions every way. By faith, Abel offered a better sacrifice. By faith, Noah put his hands to building of the ark. And what happened out there? God gave him all the tools he needed and all the help he needed. Come on, church. Faith always has action. Always has that. People say, well, I'm just going to come to church and just sit there in the pew and just have a good time, throw my time and then just go. No, no. Faith without corresponding action. It's dead. It's null. It's void. It's called foolishness and presumption. The Bible says that the just shall live by faith. We are called to live differently than people in this world because we live for another kingdom. And that kingdom operates mm. differently than the way this world operates. Now, we still have to live in this world. And so, you know, therefore, there are, we have our, our physical senses. But how many know the Bible says the just shall live by faith? And as you know God, you'll have greater understanding of that. So there's three parts to real faith. Three steps. The first is trust. You have to know that God is. In fact, Hebrews 11.6 says this. It says, it is impossible to please God without faith. So without faith, you cannot please God. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that he exists. So you've got to believe that God is real and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. So sincerely seeking God, again, it, it's not, that's the same as delighting yourself in the Lord. It's, it's where you put him first, where you desire him, where you want to know how he thinks. You want to know him, know his character. And so when you know God and know his character, then step one is easy because you can trust him, right? And then you want to have knowledge. That's the second thing. What does he say? What does he say about what you're believing for? What does the word say? What does God, what does God tell you to do? Mm -hmm. And then the third Try. thing is getting in agreement with that and acting on it. Now, I want to talk about trust for a minute because I know, and I've witnessed this many times in the church, there's a lot of people that do not trust God for certain things in their life. They just don't. Like, for example, I'm going to hit both married and single people here, but first I'm going to talk about married people, or single people, sorry. You might be here single, and you do not have a husband or a wife, but you are believing God for a husband and a wife. And because of that, sometimes, you know, it's not happening as fast as you should or what you want, but you know what? You, you get your own hands on it and begin to do things you shouldn't do that are not in line with God's word. In other words, you begin to... Um, date maybe people that aren't saved, right? You decide, you know, or you begin to settle for somebody that you know is not the right one for you, but you know what, you know, God, you don't really think God's going to bring the right one along, so therefore you're going to have to do this. And so you might compromise your values, you might compromise your faith, you might start to do things. Some people even go as far as they lay claims on somebody that's married, you know, because they don't trust God. They don't believe God could meet their need in that area because they don't really know him. And so they don't trust that he can provide the right person. And they, and they certainly don't know what God's word says, or if they do know what God's word says, they are choosing to ignore it. And so they're choosing to take it into their hands and violate the word of God, disobey God, mm -hmm. by doing things that God says no. And so they're not operating in faith what? at all. They're operating in <laughs> foolishness, and they will not get their promise. They're going to get what they wish they didn't have or they'll end up with nothing. And I know it's hard being single, and you can be lonely, and it's difficult. But you know what? If you're delighting yourself in the Lord, and you're doing the kingdom of God, God says, seek him first. Seek his righteousness first. 
Be the best you can be. Be the godly man. Be the godly woman. And then God will bring you the godly man or the godly woman. That's right. Right? And that's, that's what what's attractive. Us to do. Now, if you're married, you could be sitting there, you know, I wish my wife was better. I wish my husband was better. You know, I'm tired of how he is, and you're always complaining. First of all, you need to speak, him, speak out what you Come want on. him to be. Come on. Speak with the word of God. Speak the word of God over him. Not literally in front of him, but, you know, when you're praying for him. And, um, but speak it in your prayer time and, and call those things that be not as though they were. You know, if he's, if he's not a godly man and you're married to him, then, then you know what? Start confessing. He's a godly man. He loves God with all his heart, soul, mind, and strength. But talk to God about it. Begin to do the things that you know that God's word says. Honor him. Love him. Respect him. Do those things. Quiet in here. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and we have marriage seminars. Go to them. And if they don't go, go yourself. You might learn something that will help your marriage. You know, get tools. Because that's, that's what right. God would have you do. That's Put right. action to your faith. To believe that your husband or your wife will be who they want. And most of the time, God will change you. That's right. That's right. Yeah. It's you, you know, that's it's so you, true. Right? We're always pointing the finger. And uh, so God wants us to Very see good. what's in us, right? And change us so that we can have the marriage we want. And then faith honors God's word. Try. And trust God. It trusts God. It knows what God says about it. And it acts on it. That's real faith. But mm -hmm. too many people are believing for the wrong thing. Well, I'm fed up with him. He's never going to change, so I'm going after this guy. That's not faith. That's right. That's stupidity. It's not even foolishness. It's stupidity. And, uh, and so, you know, this is what happens. And here's another one. I remember years ago, you know, we're going to talk about healing for a minute. Um, years ago, and this could be on all different levels, but uh, years ago, I remember going to the hospital to visit a woman who was dying of lung cancer, and she was, like, on her way out. She only had maybe a month or so to live. And she was standing on the word. She was confessing the word. She was saying, by the stripes of Jesus, I am healed. And she had all the right things to say, which all was true. The word of God says those things. But while I was there, she says, I need to go up. We need to go outside for a few minutes. And I said, why? And she says, because I have to have a cigarette. <laughs> Guess what? Yep. That's foolishness. You know, God often speaks to us to do things. <clears throat> and then we don't do it. That's right. And then we get sick, and we're praying for healing, but we're still not obeying. We're still not obeying. And it's hard sometimes to do what God wants us to do. You know, discipline is never easy, and the Bible tells us that. It's never easy. And so God requires us to do certain things at certain times because he knows us better than anybody. He knows our bodies. He knows what they need. And, and so, you know, we need to listen to the voice of God and operate in obedience to that's God. Right. That's right. And that's what faith is, obeying God, not obeying what our flesh wants. Because our flesh will always lead us into foolishness. Same with finances. Some people, they believe in God for money. You know, I'm given, I'm given my tithes and my offerings, but then they take the rest of their money and they spend it wastefully when they owe people. Right? Quiet. They're not good stewards of their money. And then they're upset because God's not meeting their need. Well, he's not meeting your need because you're wasting your money over here. Mm -hmm. And he's telling you what to do, but you're not listening. Because you want, you're coveting, or you're greedy, or you're, you're selfish. And you're taking money that belongs to God's, put your money over here. You know, pay this bill. But you want to buy this. Or you get in debt. And God's saying no. Oh, it's so quiet in here. Think we're stomping on toes. Anyway, so you know, faith and foolishness and presumption, God calls us to live higher, different, better than the way this world is. And when we do, and you need to start exercising your faith a little bit every Try. day. Every day it's very start. Good. Just like we heard in the skit. You know, start exercising those faith muscles every day by stepping out a little bit. Some of you, maybe there's somebody that you're supposed to call and, and, and say something to, and, and you haven't had the faith to do it. You're afraid to do it. Or maybe there's some of you that, you know, God's saying, you got to break up with that guy or that girl because you know they're not the right one. And you're afraid to do it because you know, you know, I might be left alone. God might not meet my need. 
right? You need to start taking the steps. Start going in your prayer closet and praying your husband or your wife to be who you want, who, who they should be, not just even how, who you want them, how God wants them to be, right? We need to start taking those steps and then add patience to your faith because faith takes time. Try. It takes time. Try and the can. point is not, not when it happens, is that it happens. And God is a now God. But faith means I believe it now, but I'll see it happen later. But if you really believe it now, you'll be just as excited now as you are when it happens. Two things I want to close with as we get ready to prepare for communion in a moment. And I want to share some very, very common things that borders right into the area of foolishness and presumption. When a believer, and, and we teach on this often at the church, and you can locate a man, you can locate a woman, you can locate a husband, you can locate a wife, you can locate them very, very simply by listening to what is coming out of their mouth. And when you do that, oftentimes you'll find out that people are just stuck. They're stuck in a rut, they've been betrayed, they're stuck in grieving, they're stuck in pain. They're stuck in what could have been, what should have been, what, which they would have been. They're, they're, they're just stuck. And literally, if you trace it back, you'll find out that there's often a root of resentment. There's a stereotyping, all men are that way. If it's a woman that got hurt, or, or, all, or all women are that way if it's a man. And that attitude right there reveals the heart that there's a grudge, a resentment, there's bitterness, there's unforgiveness there. And the Bible, listen, for you to believe God that he's going to answer your prayer when you're in that area, the Bible says when you stand praying, forgive if you have ought against any. In other words, listen, if you don't do this, then, then it's foolishness or presumption to believe that God is going to do this for you. And I want to get to one more, and, and this is in 40 years what I believe is the biggest one, and please listen very carefully to what I'm going to say today. I believe this is the number one area that we hear. I love hearing people's testimonies, how God's grace showed up and how they had a breakthrough. Uh, when, we'll just use one of ours. God had told us many times now to give cars away. You know, it was something God told us to do. It's not something I was actually excited about to do. <laughs> not something that I really wanted to do. But God put it on our hearts to give a car away. Okay, we'll just use one of the examples. And so we gave it away, and uh, at this time we got another. Somebody just blessed us with uh, a new one, okay? So I'm not going to get into all of them, but we really believed and we really knew that it was something that God wanted us to do. I had to adjust my attitude in doing it. But we did it, okay, because we believe in obeying God. Now, we don't go around broadcasting and tell them, oh, we did this and we did that. But here's what I've seen is people hear what we did, and they, because we got a new car, and so now, listen carefully, they go and give their car away believing that God's going to give them a new car. So order number one is, order number one is, and she shared this, our job is to hear and obey what God says to us. But listen, listen. The number one problem in 40 years I've noticed is people base their faith, and it's not faith. They base what they call faith on what God did for someone else, and they use that as the foundation because God healed them of cancer. He's going to heal me of cancer. Because God gave them a car, he's going to give me a car. Because God gave him a wife, he's going to give me a wife. No, no, no. We do not base it on the testimonies. That could be a, a, an impetus to help us to step out in faith. But we base what we believe on the revealed rhema word of God. It's got to be by his stripes. We are healed. My God shall supply all my need according to his riches and glory. It's not based on the testimonies. Those are encouraging and thank God for them. But my faith is in God. My faith is in his word of what he told me is what he's going to perform inside of my life today. And many, many believers are disillusioned 
And many believers have stepped away from their walk with God because of that area that we just covered. And they, they stepped in to an area of foolishness because God never told them to do some of the things. They did it because somebody else. I'm going to tell you one other thing. One of the things that broke my heart is a precious lady. And we're not here picking on people listening. If you're overweight, that's okay. I've been there. I know what that's like. So I've been on both sides. So I am not, I got it all together in my diet. Anybody else got it all together in your diet? 100%, 100% of the time. If you do, come on up. You can take this part of the service. But here's what it is. We're all challenged to use our faith in those areas. And just as we use our faith to forgive people, we use our faith to get victory in these areas in our lives also. Okay, so what are you speaking to your body? What are you speaking to your flesh? What are you speaking daily? will determine whether it's in the heart or whether it's in the head. A precious, precious woman, precious, one of the sweetest people, one of my greatest encouragers for years. She passed on. And, I, and I'll never forget, I'll never forget at the hospital. And why hasn't God healed me? Why hasn't God done this? Why hasn't, and she's angry at God. Angry at God. And I'm like, I don't know what to do. I, I don't know what to say. For decades, you haven't taken care of your body at all. And now you're here. It's like calling Dave Bishop, my insurance guy, and say, hey, I needed a policy. My house is burning down. <laughs> and this is where a lot of Christians, we use God as a fire escape. We use him as an escape ladder right at the, at the last. But what we're trying to share with you today is this faith is a lifestyle. This isn't just the Sunday morning thing that we come. This isn't just something that we do at WCF. This faith is our everyday life. And you can locate where your faith is at. But what are you talking about all day long? Are you talking about your dreams? Are you talking about God? Are you talking about his goodness? Are you talking about his forgiveness? Are you talking about his... Are you like, well, why is life so bad? Why is all this misery happening to me? Why, why, why is this everything? And just the spirit that they come and tells you that they're not in faith in any way. Because the Bible says the joy of the Lord is their strength. Apparently they're weak because they ain't got no strength. They ain't got no joy. Because you can't be critical and judgmental and condescending and pointing the finger at that one or pointing the finger at that one. And then you yourself, come on now, aren't going to have joy. Why? Because you, you grab, gravitate the laws of gravitation. They come to you. Whatever it is you focus on is going to come to your way. So there's creative ability in that. So what do you draw into your life today is where the question is. And I'm going to just wind down with the, these last few points. Um, there's four points, that actually. Good preaching. Five, but I'm going to say them really quick because of time. But first of all, you need to know God. Know his voice. Know that you've heard from God and not your flesh. Know That's the right. Difference. That's right. Secondly, get rid of distractions. You know, even when you're believing God for things and you're in faith for things, and, he, and God will always stretch you. He will ask you to do something that you cannot do without him you need his ability and you need his provision to do it if you can do it within your own means and with your own ability it's not faith i remember when the lord called me to build the woman's home and you know it was beyond me Try. way beyond me it wasn't something that i wanted to do or take on myself but god told me and i didn't have the means to do it did I have some, you know, things? Yes, I did, but I didn't really have faith or the means at the time to do it on my own. But you know what? I had to grow my faith. But I remember when I started doing it and stepping out and God was providing, try, try. I had good people that I respect telling me I couldn't do it or I didn't know what I was doing. And I agreed with them. I don't know what I'm doing. But God told me to do it. And... You know, I don't have the means, but God said he'll supply it. And God did. So, you know, sometimes even good people, even people you respect, good, you know, other believers will say, will speak against it. But if you know you've heard from God, and then the next thing is get confirmation. You know, there'll be confirmation. And then get knowledge. No, this is in line with what God would do. I mean, when I thought of the woman's home, is this something I want to do? Is this something for me? Definitely it wasn't for me. I did not need another job to do. I didn't need another responsibility to carry. So I knew I wasn't doing it for me. It's not something I want, but I saw a need, and I wanted to get a need met. And so that's how God operates. Usually it's meeting a need of others. And then God brings the confirmation, and then you step out in obedience and begin to take the steps that God shows you and directs you to do. And God will add the right people. 
And I want to put this out to you. What step of faith is God calling you to do? What has God been telling you to do? Where has he been asking you to walk out in obedience? What has he been speaking to your heart to do? Whatever it is, start building the faith muscles. That's right. So that it's you very will good. have faith From the word. when you need it. Amen. Let's all stand. You know, as we were preparing this here, I wrote some things down for this mess shared and that I believe God gave. And I shared in the first service, not all, some of them. And I just wrote them down as, we, as I got this here message back, ways back. And I felt very, very strong that people responded. And it hit exactly where they were at in their walk with their heart with God. I want to just state something that's very important to us, to all of us that are here in this area of faith, foolishness, and presumption. We had some funerals that we mentioned today and knew both of these people very, very dearly. And I met with one of those individuals a year ago. God had put it on my heart to meet with him and to make sure everything was all well. Everything was all well, and we could move on. I moved on that day, and he moved on. We resolved, we met. Can you say amen? amen. He's dead now. If I didn't take that call to initiate, where would I feel, to, how would I feel today? Are you following what I'm saying? So I want to encourage you, there's somebody God puts on your heart, it's usually not the devil that does, especially if it's reconciliation or restoration in any way. It's usually the hand of God because God knows what the future is going to be. And there's people here, so this goes right in line. There's someone here today that has been defiled by shame and guilt. Your heart has been cold, and it's actually gone on a rebellious path for a long time. And you're a prodigal. God brought you here today to come back into the Father's house. I had that down before I knew they were going to sing that song about the Father's love. We're no longer slaves to sin, and that's exactly what it speaks. There's someone here today that's so angry from life's blows. You were betrayed in the disappointment, and then your whole life has been characterized. And this is written down by strife, and it's over and over. You rehearse in your mind, it's not fair, and it's not fair. And when I heard those words, it just, I got them highlighted here. It's not fair, it's not, and it's been characterized by your life. There's someone here that's empty inside and has tried all the vices out there of relationship to try to, to try to fill that, and you were even taken advantage of. And today, God's saying, I have a baptism and the Holy Spirit for you that will fill that emptiness inside of you, and you will experience what his real freedom is all about, okay? And finally, there's someone here today that has said, I can't take another blow. I can't take it another day. And you're at your wit ends, and you're desperate, and you're fearful. You're tossed all around, and today God tells you that there's a sudden good break that's here from you when you adjust that attitude just a bit in your life. And that's, that's, those are the words God gave me right ahead of time for this year. I, I, I didn't know whether it was for 9 o'clock at 11, so I'm just reading. Can you all say amen? And so I'm just going to obey, and, and you're going to have time to respond at the end of the service. I want all our leaders, matter of fact, all leaders, come on down now, if you will, and, and just make your way right up here in the front here and uh, get ready to pray. And home leaders, come on down here. We want you to join faith with us for those individuals and others that have needs with inside of their lives. So, Father, as we have this bread in our hands, we're reminded of the bread of life that Jesus Christ is to each one of us. And God, I'm just sensing so strong right now that you are here to nourish people. You are here to encourage people. You are here to release people. You're here to release the, the captives that are in their minds. And so, God, we lay aside today the areas of foolishness and the areas of presumption. And God, we choose as an act of our will to be led by your spirit and be men and women of faith today. Not just because we're in church, but when we leave here today. And we'll begin to speak and decree the promises of God to activate them with inside of our life. To see your kingdom come, to see your will be done. God, as we partake of this bread, release every good gift in us now in Jesus' name. just believe that there are some here too, especially single people, that you've been compromising in relationships. 
And you know, you've been doing things against the word of God or pursuing people that don't know the Lord. And the Bible says not to be unequally yoked. Or you've gotten involved in relationships that you know are not of God, but you're compromising and settling for that because you do not trust God to give you a person that he would want you to have. And God's like a parent. As parents, mm -hmm. we want our children to be happy. Mm -hmm. God created marriage. It's of him. That's right. And he, if, you, wow. if it's a desire of your heart and you delight in him, he will get you the right spouse. Wow. And you can put your faith on that. You can trust him. You just have to be the person God wants you to be. Focus on becoming that person so that he can do that. Amen? God wants you to break the ungodly relationships and surrender to him that area of your life. And it's hard. But it's freeing. Amen? So commit to God and trust in him. And his word says he will bring it to pass. And he will meet your need. Because he wants to give you good things. Amen. Father, we just thank you for this cup. We thank you that you've adopted us into your family. We are your children. And we, as parents, desire good things for our families, our children. We don't want to see them lonely and broken and hurting. We want to see them whole. But, Lord, we also want to see them being obedient. We don't want to see them going out with the wrong people, dating the wrong people, or marrying the wrong person. But we want to see them with somebody that's going to care for them and love you first. And so, Father, we just pray that you'll help us, Lord, take steps of faith and trust you in every area of our lives so that we can obey you and get the results, Father God, that we so desire and need. In Jesus' name, we take this cup that represents the blood of Christ. And thank you. Thank you that you're a good God, an awesome God, and a faithful God. In Jesus' name, amen. There's a man in the room, and you're here today because you've dug a hole, and it's very deep, and you're very hopeless, and you've actually even been an avowed agnostic. And God brought you here today to experience his presence today. And you know it's real now. And you know. And, and this is his word to you today. If you'll humble yourself, he'll bring you out of the thing that you don't see any way possible because it's so deep that you're in way, way over your head. And God's just describing these things to us now. And any of the words, anything, you're not right with God, you want to get your life turned around, our teams are here to minister God's grace to you. God bless. Have an amazing day today. Have the best day ever of your life.